0: Hey, Jeff. Hey, Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Do you want the good news first, or do you want the bad news first? Oh, my God. What is this? like? Uh... It's a simple question. Do you want the good news first, or the bad news first? It just feels like somebody's going to like attack me from behind. Jeff, there's <laughs> nothing behind you but a wall and a couch and a chair. Mm-hmm. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Okay. Uh, I'll take the bad news first. The bad news is... Do you remember... That we agreed that if we got one person on the podcast, that would be our last episode ever,
1: yes, but I also don't remember who that was.
0: It was a j Calloway, oh right, oh and the bad no. news is yeah I got some bad news yeah <laughs> he was he was let go from uh extra extra the TV show, yeah, because of um he put some extra hands on some listen, there were allegations against him, mm-hmm. and he is uh no longer um an ideal guest for us
1: no i don't think
0: that there is
1: so the bad, so the there, bad there, news there, is the thing is there are a lot of stories that we can talk to him about the I problem th- is i don't think that those are the kind of stories that i want to talk to him about
0: <laughs> the, 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 the bad news is i don't think that um we're gonna be i don't think we're gonna be able to finish this podcast and run anytime soon uh you want the good news or you just want to call it <laughs> the, the sure. good news oh the, yeah, yeah the good news Jeff uh-huh. is that we had an exceptional week <laughs> in terms of last week's guest Rick Ross by the way thank God I asked for the bad news <laughs> first Rick Ross is on the podcast and man the response across the internet was fantastic and I just want to shout out everybody who tuned in everybody who spread the word and man there were a lot of you who posted about this on instagram and on youtube and on twitter and and just everywhere a lot of people who texted us and called us and let us know that we did an a-plus job with an a-plus artist and uh that made your boys feel real good let me tell you that
1: yeah we got some extra credit
0: we (laughs) (laughs) we 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 had a great time with ross he was up here for an hour and a half he came basically by himself. Mm-hmm. He answered all basic, questions. I mean, you know. Listen. His driver was outside and his security guard was outside. But they weren't inside, which is. They were not here. He was he was by himself. Yes. He was here by himself. Did not tell us to not ask any questions. Who was funny and open and honest. And, you know, you speak to people who listen, you know, more closely to our podcast than maybe anybody. Our brother, Dan. um, uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke uh, my college roommate, John, a lot of people were like, I I know you guys promised him to be a certain level of of honest and open, mm-hmm. and he exceeded that. And for that, I mean, you can't really ask for anything more. That was really, really dope to, to experience and to put out there, and so glad that it resonated with all you guys out there. And in case you were wondering... What Ross looked like when Jeff and I were telling stories or whether he found us funny or whether he was, you know, dead serious when he was saying certain things. Or
1: whether he knocked over certain books of ours when yeah. he
0: was so excited and flailing <laughs> his arms. You will you will be able to see all of that soon mm-hmm. because we got it recorded for video and everybody asking to see the interviews. Well, this is one that we felt was deserving of that. And YouTube.com slash It's The Real is where you will find that very soon. YouTube.com/slash/it's the real. Um, it's a momentous episode for sure, but I think that a lot of times people look at like one of those bucket list guests and figure that's the end of the road. And the truth is, it's not
1: because AJ Calloway. <laughs>
0: that is that is really the end of the road. <laughs> but for us. Here we are back again. It's another week. It's another chance to get someone up here to have another great conversation. It's also another week where we're booking and editing and cleaning up the apartment and promoting and doing the rest of the stuff that a regular business does, and I I want to say that there are times when it can be tedious. There are times when it can be like heavy and feel like the weight that is a two-man operation, but... On the other hand, there's small things, at least, and maybe you can speak to what you get joy out of. But this weekend, I spent some time in Photoshop and created a couple of T-shirts. You had already created one, so a total of three Mm T-shirts. And doing that brought me so much joy. Uh, Again, it it uses my brain in a different way. I am able to express myself creatively um, all anew. And we have three brand new T-shirts that we are going to be rolling out in the weeks to come. Shout-out to our guy, Gil, who's helping with the production. And shout-out to us for actually doing this. And shout-out to everyone out there who let us know their sizes because we have a lot of t-shirts and we want to get them to you.
1: Yeah, now just let us know your credit card information. That's right. And, you <laughs> yeah.
0: know, that's, uh, but but I think the way that we want to sort of roll them out is that the first people able to get these will be the ones who subscribe to the newsletter. So, so how go, can people do that?
1: If you go to itstheril.com, dot lcom Go sign up for the newsletter. There's a prompt. Yeah. We make it very easy.
0: Yeah. You don't and, have to do a lot of searching. And, and by the way, you're not only just going to be able to buy t-shirts first. You get other really good writing from Jeff. Oh, my God. You get pictures. You get... Yeah, uh, talk about some real good news here. Playlists and uh, different experiences that you get to bring to life through your pros. You are taking this newsletter, this... this uh,
1: I don't want to say shitty what, No, who, who said it's shitty no i mean like it's just like you know i i i appreciate you thinking that there's all these different compartments yeah, to it yeah. that it that there's like rubik's cubes and yes it folds out yeah and you are the logic <laughs> yeah
0: of newsletter writers i'm biracial
1: <laughs> um and it comes every two weeks and nobody ever unsubscribes so i feel like it's it's good enough well good do people actually like respond to you yeah people respond to me well that's nice too and actually here's the biggest thing like, nobody cares about any of the stuff that we ever talked about uh, earlier, but I we did a giveaway of 17 uh, Bel Air Rosé bottles yes. well, last
0: week. Unopened. Yeah. Real from the manufacturer. And
1: people are picking these things up. That is great. So it's a giveaway. It is. It is a... If you want stuff that we're going to give away, <laughs> subscribe to the newsletter.
0: It's thereal.com is where you can get that. Jeff, another week, another guest up here mm-hmm. in our Upper West Side apartment. And this is somebody who... Four years. Four it, wow.
1: years. Four long years. At least. Of trying to get Big Crit up here. And finally. Here he is. Here he is. Live in person also, by the
0: way. Mm-hmm. Showed up himself.
1: Yes, but somebody did come and join him. <laughs> Stevo o came yes. in the middle of the podcast. But
0: Big Crit for everybody who's been asking. And I believe he's the number one most requested guest. Well, there's two ahead of him. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. 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 Mm-hmm. Still? Mm-hmm. Still two? Well, now there's one. <laughs> <laughs> but Boop. the other one is Griselda <laughs>
1: Records, people. Yeah. And then number four is probably Bill Bellamy. There you but go. But number one is, well, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, Jeff, Big Crit came up here. He talked about a lot of things his whole career, his new album, Crit, is here. Jeff, when do you want to get into this episode? Right now. Yo, what up, it's Eric, a.k.a. 10 Bag Bitches and They After Me, a.k.a. The Mailman. Yo,
1: what up, it's Jeff, a.k.a. Getting Head from Birds, a.k.a. Dumb as Dumber. Hey, <laughs> it's your third-core
2: brother, a.k.a. is going down in the side. You see, everybody, man? <laughs> going by love to the pulley. <laughs> yeah, this is your
0: third favorite podcast, Wasted Time with this The Real. Bop! Rip, what's happening? Oh, shit, I'm stripping. Yo, it's... Over the introduction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never change. I but. know, but it's like uh, yo. Congratulations on your new album. I've been listening to it a lot, and let me tell you something. I think there's a theme that goes along through it, which is that you're good with who you are. Yeah, and as somebody who's always seemed to the outsider yeah. to be comfortable with who you are, you do something different. Mm-hmm. You put your your product out there. You present it the way you want. What was the big change that made this okay to to put it out there?
2: Man, I I would say, I mean, now, I'm, first off, independent. You, you become independent, you get off the label, and then the idea to actually work with other producers for real, for real, because I only um, produced one record on the album. Yeah. Um, I worked with Rico Love. Um, as far as he, he co-executed the producer album along with my manager, and it was like creating this collective effort to kind of Get away from! I've been telling this this story like for years, right? It's like, man, let me create something where I'm, I'm in the moment now. I'm happy, I'm excited, and just kind of veer away from the story for a second, right? And so we did the TDT project. We saw what the response was from our Texas energy. Pick yourself up, and I'm like, damn, I could just make free. I just be free. <laughs> I could just make music. You know? at <laughs> not have to be this this crazy story throughout the whole thing. And uh from that point, it's like, man, I'm just want to work with other producers. And I got never like, man, play me our best beats. And then I'm right there. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm writing. And it was exciting, man.
0: But even from the standpoint of like on on make it easy. Yes. And you're talking your shit. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And you believe your shit. Of course I do. And (laughs) but but it's like but it's like you don't have to like necessarily put it out there and go after anybody else. You're just like, look. Here's what I can do. I facts. And I'm nicer than everybody out let's there. Let's go. Hey, let's
2: go, <laughs> let's go. I mean, but it, 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 even going back to like uh, being able to feature a B.B. King on the record, right? Like there was things that would happen in my career that people might not have been paying attention to. I'm like, man, this is historic for me. Like, this is amazing. Um, even being on Def Jam and having, a, like, talking about number one hip hop album at the time. And I'm a country artist, like Southern artist, nobody's paying attention and they like, wow. Um, but it's just always breaking these molds or kind of proving people wrong or doing things that people don't expect me to do, and it's like, Oh, you super exceeded our expectations to the maximum. And then to leave off of Def Jam, Then drop drop forever, my long time and do what we did with that, then to be in this album and I'm on Times Square, And we independent. Uh, man, come on, man, yeah, you know what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> yeah, like, but for a long time, you have a chip on your shoulder of to you, you do come from. You know, from the South, but from like a state that's not necessarily like Mm -hmm. known for hip hop besides like David Banner and some other people. Yeah, you you are off a major label. So it's like another chip to prove, you know, you have like people who may believe what they believe. Mm -hmm. And that's another chip on your shoulder. But you seem so comfortable now in your life we we both watched and loved your video with your father. Hey, thank like, you. Thank you. That uh, you put out on Father's Day. Yep. yep. And it was just you two sitting out in LA talking Ch- about like real life. Yeah. So, where are you at in your life that that you're just like I want to Talk my shit, but also live my shit. I, but I, also like reveal oh, your shit. Yeah.
1: Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's
2: great. Yeah. I mean, um, cause you know you get caught up in this like superhero thing that you go through with. I think not only in music but entertainment industry in general. Um, and so for me, it's like, I don't mind telling people where I've come from, how I got here. Um, it might be people that got put onto my music based off of 1999 or Subinstein. And I got a long list of projects before that. Or they might have heard addiction. And like, so I have to start putting out and documenting what I went through and how it was for me. Just so they can learn. Like, this wasn't overnight. Like My f- first beat I ever made was 1999. First project I ever dropped that people started to recognize 2005. I got signed 2010. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you can see the progression in me becoming like less metaphoric in my verses and more factual, which changes things. I mean, you know, similes, punchlines are great, but am I giving you something that you can actually take from my music, from my verses, and apply to what you're going through in life? Mm -hmm. Or even if you, even when you walk up to me, like, man, what did you mean by this line? I can actually break it down. It's not this overwhelming superhero dramatic things I said like damn bro you of course you can't do that you know what I'm saying so, or you could just go on genius and annotate or, or, <laughs> damn I could do that too damn i never done yeah <laughs> man you right about but yeah I could do that but <laughs> but for me it's like verbally being able to sit down and actually talk to people and express how I feel and make it easy is just once again me, like, being able to factually say, like, I never had a hit, but I sell out I tours. Like, I, I
0: sell hard ticket sales. Like, yeah. then most people can't do that. Like Well, do you think you connect with Cole on that level, too? Because he's definitely. somebody who's lived that journey as yeah, well. Yeah, you know? definitely. I Definitely. But the difference
2: between, and I would say, again, it's like being from Mississippi and trying to figure out which way you're going to go. Geography-wise, mm-hmm. a little different. Because I got to go from Mississippi, and I might go to Alabama, and I go to Atlanta. And then I'll make my way to the East Coast, and then I might come to the West Coast. Or I go to Texas, you know what I'm saying? And then I make my way to the West Coast, and then they back on the East Coast. Um, I think Cole was able to just, I'm gonna go to the East Coast. Yep, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, he went to college up here. Yeah, so yeah. Like that was, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for me, it's like, where do I go with this music, and how do I make people understand that where I'm from, there's lyrical ideas, there's a, there's a conceptual thing there. Like, I still, I know that little Brother come from, you know, the Carolinas. I know that Knife got the beat, like, I still, I'm aware of that, but when you, from where you, you're going to be like David Banner. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. mm, you know, but now we in blues, we B.B. King, Muddy Water. Now we're talking about a, uh, a kind of music that doesn't really resonate with what I do, per se. Yeah. So just trying to bridge that gap and improve myself and kind of make, and, and give other artists from Mississippi, like, the idea, like, man, you can make it however, you know, you can stay here or you can use social media. You can go East Coast, West Coast. You just got to believe in your sound. And who I,
1: was the first person that you did see, like, come out of your town? It, I mean sh- it's gonna be David Banner though. But he
2: he was from Jackson, but he would he would literally travel up and down Mississippi, red van. He's making the beats in his van and he's rapping off his records too. Um Was he the then, first
1: person I mean like even outside of hip hop? Uh I, I would say I mean I mean I knew uh,
2: David Ruffin, yeah, but mm. not really. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because that was before my time. Yeah. yeah. So and, like you learn the history of it. Yeah, um, you're not fifty sometimes. Nah, you know what I'm saying? Like you learn the history, like damn, yeah, David Banner was from Meridian. Um and then BB B. King was like my grandmother put me on the BB King, mm-hmm. so that was one person from Mississippi that you could be like, yeah. But I mean, you, I'm growing up in Bone Thugs and Harmony is playing and Biggie, so hip hop is like. For me, like, that's what I'm going through. Yeah, it's Popping. in
1: the water, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'm only paying attention to people that can make it in that genre. So
0: mm-hmm. Meridian, Mississippi is, it seems like, a very company town. Like, yeah. there's there's two army bases down there, right?
2: Yeah, we, we're a city. It's yeah.
0: We're like, a company <laughs> town. No, 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 no. But, but like But it seems like that's the biggest business mm-hmm. there.
2: It's a college, like Marina Community College, called Harvard on the Hill. Okay, all right, look, right. I mean, look,
0: don't make me start. <laughs> no, no, don't give me start. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we got the city. Yeah, okay. but but okay, so <laughs> okay. you got you got you got the army. You have the education. Okay, okay. But you also have. You yeah, also sorry,
1: have, we didn't realize there's titans of industry. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. No, see, we got Lockheed. Yep, we got PV speakers. Okay, mm-hmm. chill. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Okay
2: put y'all on
0: some game man. but you you got arts down there too and recreation and yeah. it's a real place to live okay, yes, yes. but it's different living down there <laughs> yeah. so so what is growing up in meridian like for you
2: uh, i mean it, it helps you appreciate your day i mean because i don't spend two hours in traffic in meridian
1: mississippi
2: like i spend like 15 minutes roughly <laughs> um <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell you like <laughs> 15 minutes roughly getting from point A to point b my family is there um, and people don't mind sharing their experiences to keep you from like, whether positive or negative, to keep you from getting in trouble, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, between the family barbecues and the interactions, it's a humbling thing. Like it makes you appreciate the very small, bare minimum stuff that you had in the beginning. And if you gain anything more than that, you want to share with everyone.
0: So what'd your folks do for a living?
2: Well, my dad worked at a grocery store for years, uh, Food Max. Mm-hmm. Before it was Food Max, I think it was, it could have been Piglet with but it was Food mm. Max my mom uh worked in retail as far as clothes and stuff she's a she's a school teacher now mm-hmm. she teaches third grade kids uh my dad works on the railroad now so he you know he conducts trains right on um and so yeah it, it, that even is an elevation from what they were doing back when i was growing up
0: for you creatively as a kid yeah. where was your mind at what how were you expressing yourself baseball yeah
2: yeah i was a I was an athlete like i played baseball when i was in band too I played a cello from fifth to seventh grade, and I played uh, the tuba from seven till like, I graduated from high so school. So, only heavy instruments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like bigger <laughs> than you. So yeah. let me tell you something about that. So, if you get a cello, the school gives you the cello because it's only so many cello which you can have. It's obviously a super expensive instrument. Yeah. yeah. So, boom. If you play the tuba, you don't have to buy the mouthpiece, $75. They give you the tuba, they give you the sousaphone. I couldn't afford a viola, a violin, a damn sure couldn't afford a trumpet, trombone. So, I took the instruments that the school would give me. Did you bring it home? Definitely. I would walk. <laughs> now I sound like my grandparents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would yeah. walk I know. a mile <laughs> and a half. <laughs> yeah. But if I started, i walk a mile and a half with a cello on my back. Um, or by a sousaphone on your shoulder? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no. okay. No, no. So by the time I got to high school, then I'm taking the bus to the crib. Yeah. And I, the, the crib wasn't as far as you would think, so I would have this cello. Strap and i walk uphill all the way to my grandmother. Wow. House with a cello on my back. and then wow. I, With like, knowing her, trying to play these low bass lines <laughs> with a cello in the house. Fucking, <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yo, yo, it's real. It's real. Fucking like 90 degrees down in Mississippi. Was
2: it 90 degrees? Uh, yeah. Shit, you it too. I mean, but you know.
1: Global
0: warming didn't exist back then, so shit, it was natural, it was regular. Yeah,
2: just <laughs> a little weird now.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're in band, but you also yeah. got a baseball career. Yeah, thank and, you for saying. Baseball and, career. and you were pretty nice. I was definitely nice. Fuck you know, that. threw a no hitter. Yeah. Uh, oh how you? Oh, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, definitely. But it was something a, light. Yeah, it yeah was, you it know,
2: was, uh, I threw a no hitter in the All Star. I hit the home. The game went a home, uh, the, the home run. All Star, we won state. Oh, two way player. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, on, <laughs> well,
2: I was, the, in, I was a 145 in, pounds, a power hitter though. Well, in
0: in high school, the best player, you know, offensively you know I mean? is also, yeah, you know, yeah. the best pitcher.
2: Yeah, um, obviously, I I was able to outdo my brother and go varsity. Older <laughs> brother, so he got cut. I went varsity, and I was like. Like 13 or 14 or some shit like that. Wow. Yeah, so life is like, yeah, I was on the, was on the field. And Were you quit- just a power pitcher or did you have
0: some movement on your...
2: No, nah, no, nah, I threw th- uh, three quarters, so I could never throw overhand. I still can't throw overhand now. Really? Yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. I broke my collarbone when I was like 10.
0: Oh, so maybe, so maybe that's it? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying?
2: But three quarters is what I did. I pitched, I played shortstop, played left field. I was a catcher for predominantly most of my uh, baseball career. My knees are still bad now. Is that the right? The savers came in when I was in 10th grade. Yeah, yeah, and so Damn. I needed those way back when. Damn. Yeah, and they put me on first base. My eyes got bad, and then Steve-O's here. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to steve Shout out to Steve-O. Yeah.
1: Wait, couldn't it be that your knees are bad because you were carrying a, a 80 cello, cello yeah, on your yeah, back? Yeah. <laughs> I never thought of it like yeah. that. And I was still playing baseball back then. Yeah. What up? How are you? What's, What's going on? on? It's
0: good. What's, What's happening? How are you? So you're killing it yes. on the baseball diamond. Yes. Did you think that that was going to continue into further education and maybe into a professional career? Man, my cousin
2: was way colder than me. He was older than me. He played at, actually at MCC. And once I saw what happened with him, and he was definitely supposed to go pro like, shit, I ain't gonna make it. Well, and I started like.
0: <laughs> yeah, what happened <laughs> so, with him? I mean,
2: nah, it's just the politics of, like, you, minor league is rough, man. It's yeah. like, it ain't like, oh, you gonna you play playing basketball, you do one year in college and boom, you might get the chance to go straight to the pro. Even G League is better, but. The minor's is like, you talking my double A, triple A, it takes years to get to that. You on Nothing's bust. assured, the money yeah. money is like yeah. different, like, yeah. and so that's three tiers before you get to go to the pros. So yeah, but um, for me, it's like, I remember going to Atlanta and uh, when I was like 15, 16. I was in high school, still playing ball, and I made $600 off 10 beats. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'm making music. <laughs> How'd you make those beats? I made, uh, I made those beats off of uh, Reason. I had reason at the time. Wow. So the dude paid, he obviously was going to a strip club a lot. Because he paid me. It was like this big ass like container <laughs> that you would normally have like uh, snacks in or some shit. Yeah. It was like mad ones and shit. So I him. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is $600. <laughs> I went back to the crib. I bought three khaki uh, with dicky outfits. Yeah. I got them airbrushed. And I bought like the new Paul Pierce's and some Umbro shoes and shit. And like fitted caps that said crib. Yeah, and I was shining. And, yeah. and that cash was all gone. <laughs> that was, oh, yeah, it was yeah. all gone, but yeah. that was, that was but the But you still had the container. That yeah, yeah. like shit. I still had the container, too.
0: <laughs> so you were like, this is the way to go. This is where I'm going. Did you know anybody who was rapping, like, full-time back home?
2: Yeah, I was producing for most of the acts that was at the crib. I actually, like, produced uh, two or three projects when I was at home. I produced my own. I was the reason why my partner actually bought an ADAP machine. Wow. And, like, I was able to get them on Tascam and then onto the Pro Tools. And... At that point, he was like, yo, you could just have the prod- like, all the equipment, and I started making beats and recording myself in my house, and that's how See Me on Top 1 came out.
0: Where was your, you know, home studio? In the den of my grandmother's house. And how did she feel about this?
2: Huh. <laughs> that's interesting. So I made, I just touched down at probably like at 3 o'clock in the morning. I had school the next morning. I'm trying not to play the music out loud so it's all in my headphones, Yeah. but I need to hear the bass. Like, I need to feel it. And my grandmother's like, sleep. And I, like I know I'm going to wake her up, but it's like, fuck it, I got to hear this. And I just touched down. It was like one of the first records that really popped off for me. The next day over, I played it for uh, Minus the lyrics because I was cussing a lot. And she <laughs> started uh, jitterbugging, which is this dance they used to do back when she grew up. And I was like, this is this is it. This is a hit. Wow. And that was one of the first records that I was performing that really took off for me that made no mixtapes and shit. Where man. was the first place you performed? Shit. Oh, man. Uh, Pool Palace at Lamp. No, that's a lie. Okay westler community uh center which is literally i can i can walk to it cross street from my house um uphill no straight straight across (laughs) on 30th avenue i walk across street and that was the first place i I performed that that was it was a real performance other than that i was in bars and shit i was like 14 i had no business yeah yeah Yeah, but we was freestyling all the performance
1: how big was the first like actual performance for you it was crazy
2: because they thought i was from atlanta because it was an artist from atlanta that was performing there I went to the store. I had this full blown LRG outfit on. Everybody's wearing like two X's, three X's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they like, they, they like, they grabbing on me and they grabbing on my pants. It's like, this is fucking crazy. And I had this song called Adidas Ones in the club that was circulating in my city. I think they thought I was from Atlanta. So people were taking off their Adidas and they and they actual Nike Ones and like showing them when the song came out. Was crazy. Whoa. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. And you lived across the street? I lived across the street. Like, I walked home after that. People thought you lived in Atlanta. Definitely. I yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I so.
2: Because
0: I mean it's just the allure of it. Like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah hey, by the way, from here. Yeah. Just, yeah. just for the record, you're wearing a Deion Sanders jersey and a Falcons hat right now.
2: That's no look. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, that, first off, this is Yo, this changed. Changed. Mississippi. Yo, you've changed. You've changed. So off, much Mississippi does not have a professional team. Yeah. i probably I'm definitely trying to be the first person to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either you get to choose between the Saints or the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I personally like Deion Sanders as a person, prime time, mm-hmm. and I have this jersey. Did so you
0: did you follow him to the 49ers and to the Cowboys Definitely. and to the Redskins yeah yeah no nah, not to the Redskins okay yeah
1: <laughs> stopped at the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. sorry the They're Washington team yeah, yeah 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 I'm yeah, sorry yeah. did you follow him to his MTV hit <laughs> I remember he was rapping though yeah yeah but uh, yeah, I don't remember primetime yeah primetime yeah. it was so, probably
0: jamming though oh I'm yeah, sure damn shout out to the <laughs> home. yo by the way uh Killer Mike told us that Deion Sanders like by himself changed nightlife in Atlanta Seriously? Yeah, oh yeah. I could see that. Yeah, though. he was everything well, he was back was then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, don't get too <laughs> descriptive. Okay. <laughs> okay. So when you are looking for colleges, <laughs> where were you like considering? I went to Meridian Community College for two years. Yeah. I dropped out three three months before I could get my, uh, my associate degree. In uh, architecture. Right. Well, yeah. uh, When drafting. You seem like a very left brain kind of guy, right? You're creative, right? But also you have this, I guess, for architecture, you got to be good with the right side of your brain as well. Because it's math. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Uh, (laughs) uh,
2: drafting is, I think architecture is like the, the dream of building a building. Mm. then the drafter comes in like man that shit ain't possible no. and it's, like, it's like breaking it down like man i really want to build this on top of a triangle like nah bro. let's get these let's get physics together right um and so i'm in class and they, they i remember being in physics and the, and the teacher was like yeah so we're going to do this a train leaves from new york at this time <laughs> and one leaves in from los angeles at this time at what point will they meet and then I was like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm not gonna take this class. And so that was the beginning of me. Like, you know what? It's not, this might not work for me. And then I had like architects come through and they had it, they had like, um, literally worked for people for so long. Um, and it's like, man, yeah, I'm 35. And now I'm finally starting to see what I'm like. I'm like, man, that's not gonna work for me either. I need to get this shit now. Yeah. Well, it's
0: funny, you know, when you look at the baseball career, yeah. you're like, oh, nothing's assured, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you saw what your cousin was doing and you're just like, nothing's guaranteed there. Yeah. Architecture could have been that guarantee, and then you're like intern for
2: fifteen years. Oh, shit. Yeah, That's and and internship. you're like,
0: nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. And I just made six hundred dollars. Yeah, but nothing's <laughs> assured there. You know, yeah. certainly a kid from Mississippi, and then you went to Atlanta though. Okay, listen to what
2: you just said. Yeah, a kid from Mississippi. I went to Atlanta and I sold beats. Yeah, and I came back with money off the rip. That seemed damn impossible, right? Because I'm watching one hundred six and Paul BT the basement even going anywhere near that, I'm like, oh, that's not possible. I literally just traveled, never been this place before, and I made money off of my ideas creatively that I was in my grandmother's house with yeah. So you couldn't tell me this wasn't possible everywhere else. And I knew that I wasn't as skilled as I needed to be. I was definitely a student of hip hop, so I know yeah, my kick drums aren't loud up. This isn't the crack in the snare. The sample isn't chopped and it's not delaying perfectly. So, nah, I'm gonna get better. And then, so it was at, at that point, I was like, damn, they buying this? I can't wait till next year when I really
0: master this shit. What was your mastering process like? Were you just like hold off in, in that den and just like working? It was just me realizing that if I tried to sign
2: a publishing deal then or if I tried to be up under somebody, that I wasn't going to be confident enough. I had an opportunity to sign back in 2005 and I turned it down because I didn't know why I was making what I was making. I just knew how to do it in the moment. How did so
1: that you, deal come to you?
2: Because uh, you get on a mixtape you know what I'm saying, and back then, mixtapes was like the primary way to actually find an artist. It wasn't, you know, a lot of social networking platforms didn't exist, blogging really didn't even exist. Like, yeah. the DJ dropping the mixtape was like, oh shit, who made that beat? So you get in the room with people and they expect you to create that again. I was like, man, I don't know how I just did that shit because like my grandmama's house was quiet and I was like, I know I love this sample. So at that point, like, my confidence isn't high enough for me to, to keep doing this. And so I turned the deal down, I struggled for another five to six years and then
0: it came up so in those five to six years
2: (laughs) i just that was a complete breakdown yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah. but in those five to six you know years Mm -hmm. and you're and you're working on your craft what was your day job i mean i worked at blockbuster up until 2004 and i quit so my day job was
2: mix engineering uh producing entire mixtapes and uh yeah like beats so I, i literally sold beats and mix engineered and like Produce whole mixtapes with people up into the crib.
1: Did you sell any beats to anybody who was coming into Blockbuster?
2: Yes, actually, I did. Yeah, because I I was actually I mean, I stopped working at Blockbuster 2004. I was producing for a lot of people in my city from 2001 to 2004. We had a screwed up click. Shout out to Screw um, and uh, S.U.C. It was Mm -hmm. called MTSDC, M-Town Slow Down Click. So I produced most of that. Uh, Yeah, it was a lot of artists I was making beats for.
0: So a lot of cds that you're burning yes yeah. oh
2: man uh man office like office depot changed everything yeah man. yeah 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 because i go a the spindle and oh my god like, <laughs> I, have a, I have a cd i burn everything in my crib i had his green covers my first project was coming uh coming out hard and coming down and then literally Uh, Everything was mixed by me, produced by me. I'm freestyled. I'm screwed up. I'm selling it
0: at my my school. Critical Productions. Critical Productions. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, did you work at at Blockbuster because it was just a job, or were you like really into movies? uh, That was
2: my first job, but before, I, I definitely was into movies. But the side of town I was playing baseball on, after I have a really great game, my dad would take me to Blockbuster, and then we'd rent whatever video game I wanted. Right on.
0: So what kind of movies were you into?
2: Man, when I got to Blockbuster, I watched over 250 of them. Really? I started at A and just started just going through. Damn. I'm a movie buff. That's awesome. Still to this day. Yes. A lot of shitty movies. movies. (laughs) Yes, but I mean, you get concepts, ideas. Yeah, it changes the narrative of film. Yeah. I think think people that make movies now drop movies like mixtapes off to rappers. Like, I've seen Bruce Willis and drop like seven movies
0: and then he'll come out with a main one. Yeah. It's like, this is the album. And then the other one's like, this is tapes and shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> when, we, when we had Green Lantern, <laughs> when we had DJ Green Lantern up here, we were like, like, it's weird to think, but the way that he would compose different, like, beats and the way he yeah. would switch and, like, get creative, was a humongous influence on our whole career. Word, yeah, okay. Like, and you know, you look at someone like that, or you or you just say that out loud, and people are just like, "That's weird," but it's it's a hundred percent true. Like okay. his creativity, the way well, that yeah, he worked, you,
1: the way that he would like take snippets of different songs and put them together, it was mm. just like, "Oh, like this is that's my that's my that's comedy. how you can like so change smart. your thinking." Wow. So yeah. for okay. you, for yeah. you
0: to take like you know, oh, maybe that's how a story is told in terms yeah. of like that movie, yeah. or like that's how I can swing this this way. As has to be just like amazing yeah i
2: mean i mean if you look at uh the booby miles story like friday night lights that, that was i was obviously i'm definitely watching movie then but on top of that i'm watching uh there will be blood yeah you know i'm saying yeah like, no country for me oh like, that, that was a, frame, an so amazing was year that, by the way yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah yeah which
1: is your favorite of those two <sighs> no country for old men yeah it's, it's a no, great no, 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 oh. no no
2: no 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 <laughs> i was about to say there's no, no I wrong answer there's no wrong answer i would say yeah. there will be blood though yeah. because yeah. it's the it's just the idea of greed and what it'll make you do. Mm-hmm. And then once you get everything you want, it's like, damn, you didn't get anything at all.
0: Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, when you finally, in your mind, mm-hmm. break through, okay. where are we at on the timeline? I mean,. Well, I don't know, bro. I, I, it's a whole new resurgence
2: based off this album.
0: No, 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 totally. But no, no, but I'm no, saying no, like in, in this in like in general, I'm bro. saying like the 2000, like five, six, seven area. Where are you at and when do you feel like even the smallest thing is going your way and you're just like, ooh, I Man, see I see daylight. I went to um,
2: I had a show in uh, Atlanta. Um, it was at this small club. I'm performing shooting another the world. They know every word. And it's like i think one of my first sold out shows because they, like, they know you're from atlanta so no I, oh my god no i have the jersey yeah. on there. <laughs> they know i'm from mississippi that's right but uh we had a small club and they literally know every word of children in the world and when it break down it goes acapella and i didn't have to say anything and i was like oh oh it's changing now this is different um and then being able to tour man we went on tour with wiz after that then I did Return of Forever Toy. It was me, Jackie Chan, Freddie Gibbs. Oh, man. Smoke Dizzle was out there, you know what I'm saying? Mookie Jones, Big Sun, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Steve-O, Wally Sparks, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dutch. And just, we we selling our venue sometime. Then we in Ithaca, New York, and there's 32 people in the bowling alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, it's just being in like, damn, man, we way up here, and people know the music. And so, yeah, that was, the, that was like the beginning. Like, damn, this is crazy. What and did
1: it mean to you to be signed to Def Jam at that time? I know it means something different ah, now. Yeah, on a yeah.
2: hip-hop level, man, it's, it's a dream come true. I mean, it's, uh, to me, it's like when a soul singer signs the Motown or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Um, David but, Ruffin. Nah, yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it's one of those situations, too, where I think people, you, you get caught up in the dream of getting on the radio, signing a deal, and then you don't realize the work really comes once that happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then how do you transform that into promoting your brand, making sure that once that is over, you are still like you still got chores and you've promoted yourself and your independence and people are still going to keep going with you um and so Dev jam was it was a rocky road because i wanted to keep my creative uh control i knew where i wanted to go musically um if i would have waited a year later the deal would have been different uh la reed signed me mm-hmm. but two weeks after he signed me he was no longer there yeah yeah so it was a different it was a transition but the upside is i learned how to really maneuver through when some things don't go the way you want to, so like, or the budget isn't there, or how do we keep promoting, or if this is what you believe in, go for it, and then you deal with the, just the risk and reward later. And I think moving in, in, independently now, my team, and any artists that comes my way, I know how to deal with that, I'm like, man, This is what I want, this is what I want to drop. Like, well, if that's how you feel about it, we're gonna figure out what a place. Like, push it. What a place. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, your situation at Def Jam is very similar to our situation at MTV. Hmm. Where it was just like, you know, you We we did the videos on on YouTube and everything. And then like, um when we were just like so determined to get an MTV show. We were just like so determined to get a TV show in general. And then when it happened, And the executive who bought our show two weeks later
0: left. (laughs) It was like, you never think it's going to happen to you, but it ends up in that situation. And then people come in who are just like, you know, know. they're reading the script. This is 100% true. They read the script and they're just like, what's this Jewish word on like page like 20? And we're looking down. We're like, there's no Jewish word on page 20. They're like, no, no, the one that starts with an N at the top. We're like, Nardwar <laughs> and they have no idea yeah, a, at Music a, Television yeah. who South Nardwar East. is or what Nardwar is and we're just like this can't be life or like
1: when we were on the phone with um the new executive who literally said I don't care that you guys do this hip hop thing she's like I want to be about family and we're like this is MTV this <laughs> is music television yeah, yeah like this is nuts and
0: <laughs> and you know we had we had a big part for for Rick Ross in there yeah. and they would call him Rick
1: like he was like our stepfather or something we're just like no it's any name but Rick. yeah rose boss, or, or like boss, the boss, boss yeah. yeah
0: it's crazy it was just like this yo, this makes no sense but when you're in a situation yeah. where you think it's going to like play out exactly yeah, the way you want did you yeah. like play the game for them in terms of like oh okay yeah you go in the building you got to like meet all the different like the radio team and you got to yeah. go meet the product manager and you got to go meet like the different yeah. you know the and say yo this is really why you mm. should fuck with me and like my I mean, but, I mean, you obviously you prove yourself. To me, it's not even playing the
2: game. It's just like now you did all that hard work, and whoever signed you saw you doing that hard work, and then you you bring it to the table, and your team was there, and then there's new people there. So now you got to kind of reprove yourself all over again. I realized things was weird when I walk into the building and there's mad pictures of everybody that signed, and my picture's not on the wall. Yeah, which is changes in are Like, damn, they don't even think like nobody really knows. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. There. Right. Um, but it's. You gotta understand, like it's how passionate somebody, you passionate about your career and what you do. You've been doing it for years, you know exactly how you wanna do it. For some people in that, in that arena, that might be like their internship, that might be the beginning of their career. They might love this particular artist and they got there because they wanna work with that particular artist and you're just, this opportunity that comes aboard that they can prove themselves as well and they may not put their 100% in or they may not know if they're gonna be there next week and, you know, it becomes a scramble because I saw so many people leave, come, new places, people, you know, presidents, all that. And it's like, damn, this is, you know, I can't, it's, that's stressful on the end, too. And so being in the position now that I'm independent and I'm free, it's like, man, we working because we know our jobs are solidified. Right. Yeah. We do what we do. No we one's like, going to okay. fight for you like <laughs> nah, you. Nah, exactly, man. You, I can't, you can't fire me from
0: this. Yeah. Because multi is me. Yeah.
2: Know, like, my, same with my team. Like we. It's, us.
0: it's By the crazy. way, I love on the new record the number of times you say "multi." Of course, even as ad libs, like you know, it's like <laughs> it's not not even rhyming with it. You're hey, just like, man, yo, let me put that in there. It's great.
2: You know how many people when we when we left Def Jam was like, I didn't even know you were signed. So it's like I, it became multi as a brand in itself, and so I've been doing shows, touring. It's multi to the die, multi alumni. Like, like it, the, the 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 idea of it became bigger than me as an artist, and so I scream it because after me got, people want to be kings remembered in their lives and queens remembered in their lives so why not Shit. how did you come to the realization like i have to leave man it was a it was a it was an interesting battle though because i think after catalactica um and then we, we were already moving pretty much independent anyway um the idea of having an anr kind of changed at the time i took two years off and then at that point you start to see music change because streaming was became a thing and album sales weren't really popping, vinyl records that kind of picked up, but I think everybody was kind of in, in between, like, what is streaming, what does this mean, oh, people are going platinum, but how does this equate to actual money, and I think they were trying to figure out, well, how many streams counts for an album sale, and so if you go do the analytics and you look at my imprints as an artist, if social media-wise you're looking and you see, like, oh, he didn't have one point million, boom, boom, boom then maybe he's not as valuable on a streaming level, but they didn't realize... When they let me go like it was so many people that still like to physically go buy copies of an album they don't really trust putting their credit card information debit card information into social media or um, into any like platform to play music they want to buy the album and physically have it so once they let me go it was like oh no they still there and then they're gonna move over once the time comes because now you can't even find a car with a city player in it, damn yeah it. um and so it was just i kind of I, I got lucky man i think they didn't realize and then we dropped 12 for 12 the same day that I got let go, and then we just saw this complete resurgence of people that was already waiting on me to to drop something new. When it you, was difficult though, I
0: ain't but but he, let's go back to like your debut major label project, yep. "Life in the Underground." Is I was angry. You were, but but it, but <laughs> but it felt it was soulful. I was it, it was soulful, and, yeah. and, and 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 that's what I take from it, yeah. right? And I think in that moment too, the internet felt like. It was on your side mm. and and it was like yes this is the voice that we need right now okay. in that moment when that dropped where was your head at
2: well i just came off a tour with cole we had dropped forever in a day um the actual single for uh live from the underground had came out in 2011 uh, september actually money on the floor so it was such this gap between when the album was supposed to come out and music had literally changed from 2011 the 2012 when I dropped music had changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was like a more minor chord key progression thing going on. Triplet high hats was more introduced, and so it was like this is a shock because I'm coming through with sonically what I was prepared to drop in 2011, um, and so it was it was this battle. Meaning I knew what I went through with sample clearing,ing. Well, um, we're trying to get I got I got this here promoted in the way it needed to be, uh, and so yeah, man, it was it was a, it was a difficult thing dropping that album. 'Cause people had just saw me touring on Forever in the Day, then Cold, and then now we got the album and some of the reviews weren't what we wanted. It put me in this space, um, as far as like creatively, where I was like, Man, how do I bring people to Mississippi without being so aggressive or angry? Um, but then I went out on tour and I realized like, oh no, nah, it resonated. But, you know, maybe it didn't get the, the reviews I wanted from this particular writer or this blogger, but they don't see all the people on the ground that bought these tickets and we selling out these shows, and I realized no, nah, no, nah, they still that with me. And then when we got to working on Calabria, I was like, man, I'm free. Like regardless of what the accolades and all my
0: peers may get, like I have a foundation. So that's so when I say the J Cole thing in the beginning, yeah. I see it as there's a lot of people who critically will say things about Cole or whatever, but the bottom line is. He did the Dollar in the Dream thing with lines down the block mm-hmm. and turned that into, and that fan base, into selling out Staples, mm-hmm. selling out The Garden, and becoming a number one artist. Yes. And so, and where I think we relate to your story as well, and I, I hope you can talk about this, is how tough it is being the first person through the door rather than like the third mm-hmm. person through the door.
2: Yeah, I had a whole conversation with my homies about that. Sometimes being first isn't, isn't going to pay off like you think. Because I mean, the idea is, is very raw. It's, um, you're gonna you really going for it, but if you don't have the resources to take it to where it needs to be, hmm. then somebody may be inspired by it, which that's what life is, and it's flattering, and they might be able to take it there, and, and people finally f- figure it out or see it on a more a larger platform, and they like, oh, you're the first person to do it, um, and that and, and that came with a lot of growth as well, like being okay with that, like being an innovator, man, like. You know, you've seen the movie Founders. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, it just be like that sometimes. But if you're a creative and you're always on um, the very first idea or you're able to create in a way where it's like, damn, man, I never would have thought about that, you're going to be able to get what you deserve over time. Like, you're going to – because people are going to – how would I learn? Is like the way my music is now in structure, I'm writing based off of my life. I'm never going to run out of things to talk about because this is who I am. These are the conversations I'm having with people. If you're constantly taking from others – at some point, you're gonna run out of substance, mm. and then once you're in the in the front, and people are expecting you to be like the first person to do something, then you. That's all based off of how you actually were, whether you were the person created in the first place or not, or were you just waiting the whim, like, oh, let's do that, let's do that. You know what I'm saying? For me, it's like, no, nah, I got, I, I got ideas, and yeah. i like I got music that hasn't came out yet. That I was like maybe it's not time for that yet.
0: You so know. when you when you think back to your time at Def Jam, did you feel like there were people trying to move you in different directions than you wanted to go?
2: I mean, that's that's just okay. I mean, you I think you deal with that anytime anybody invests in you, um, any job. I mean, obviously music because radio is a totally different monster, mm-hmm. um, and people you know like sonically, this is the frequency. Or this is what. Was working, you know what I'm saying? Like boom, boom, boom. Maybe you should try to go this direction. I was determined to keep my creative control. A lot of people you see around me now. um Obviously, my manager Dutch, uh, my yep. marketing manager Steve O, yep. even running into Shop Money um, is like rec- recognizing that they were willing to just really be like, "All right, bro, you want to produce this whole record? Fuck it. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> All right, we could let's do it." You know what I'm saying? And then you 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 start to see like, "All right, I'm I did it," but then I started to see what the risk and reward was right it's like oh okay i was able to do that and i'm, I'm talking with cole 2012 and i'm playing the album for him and he, even he's like hey bro you might want to get in with other producers because they're going to help you grow as a producer mm. It's jamming but it's different levels of you production like the you you might challenge yourself a little bit different took him a while too yeah, to, he, to accept his own <laughs> advice like, man, yeah but that's 2012 and then you go through those bumps in the road and you i'm able to say my first album i produce. But then you start to be like, man, I don't I understand the fatigue in producing now. When I make the beat, I write the hook, and I'm like trying to write the words, and I'm like, man, I'm tired. Like I need to take a like take a break. And it takes longer for me to create the album, right? It takes two years. Sonically, it's not as big as it might need to be. Or maybe my verse is like, oh, I could have went harder there, but I was just kind of exhausted. Now now it's like, nah, man, it's collective effort. It's working with people and the like literally the producers that I'm around, like, I'm looking at them like, damn, bro, I know I could. How'd that snare do that? Mm. And I'm applying that to my production now. And then we all trading samurai secrets, you know what i mean? so, yeah.
1: <laughs> When Cole did give you that advice at first, mm-hmm. how did you take it? I I
2: was like, bro, you know what this is. <laughs> like, you know I ain't gonna do that <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I mean, cause we, I mean, there's a competitive nature that not only is in hip hop as, as far as rappers, but as producers too. Mm-hmm. And I literally study like certain producers in hip hop. And so I feel like, man, if I made it this far on my own production, then I I'ma be where I need to be at that at that point. But I think there's still steps that I missed and then there was there was a grit that I had. But then when you talking about playing your music in every venue, um every car doesn't sound the same. I'm mm. riding around with two fifteens in my shit. My shit knocking. So you factory in this motherfucker. This shit, you can't hear nothing I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. But it's <laughs> yeah.
1: well, part of you just like, that's your fucking loss? N- n- nah, shit. <laughs> nah,
2: when it comes to music, I'm supposed to want you to hear my music. <laughs> like, nah, like Bobby Womack, Willie Hutch, Curtis Mayfield, mm-hmm. Marvin Gaye, They music sound the same in every car. I yeah. feel like they were like, nah, yeah, this shit sounds music. We're going to get it together. But even Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, but I still want you to hear my words. Yeah, and you and I can see that because people are like, man, this yeah, but I don't know what he's talking about. The lyrics are right there. I'm gonna tell you something. This album, I'm clearer than a motherfucker. <laughs> Shout out to Jason Joshua for the uh, mixing. Shout out to my engineer, Michael, uh, which also tagged engineer by Wood. Did
0: you uh, go and listen on like stock headphones just to like? Man, I listened. To, I'm, I ran a rental car. Yeah, like all kinds of shit,
2: and I realized just how I was like my car is made for how i like to listen to music but again music is universal it's a language everyone speaks and I, I can't expect everybody to go get them 15s yeah. although i want you to. yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> Do you change your life
1: for uber drivers
2: you know what? No. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be like, man, how I know you ain't taking my shit. <laughs> like, where is this, where is this USB cord really going to? And I'd be like, man, you know what? Give me the USB then I'm Bluetooth. I'm like, but still, how do yeah, I yeah, know? Yeah. Somebody like
0: in between with that shit. Do you get recognized by any like Uber drivers? Lord, I hope not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> If they're taking me to my final destination, <laughs> they're taking me to my crib. No, I really don't want to get recognized right now.
2: That would be awkward. Like, bro, I really loved your last performance, man. Have a good night. Yeah. My <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: You've worked with a lot of legends. Yeah. Um, Bun B is one of our mutual friends. Oh, my God. The what was it like to oversee his whole project? Yeah, the
2: co-executive uh, with the Queen. It was amazing, man. Because, again, and I've told this story uh, a number of times. But I don't think people understand. Like, I could have a full-blown conversation with Bun. The beat is playing. And he will write the verse. And then he'll be done with it. And he'll be like, yo, you, I'm ready. And I'm like, well, when did you write it? Like, I mean, I it. like but we were just talking. We were talking about gumball and shit. He telling me about some old UGK experiences or just life. Or something like something he might experience just the other day at like the, the sneaker summit. And I'm like, fuck it, I got the verse. Let's go. And sure enough, he got the verse. One take in, boom, come back out. What else you got next? You know how much (laughs) pressure that is? Cause I spent like probably two days making this beat. And now I was like, damn, you (laughs) know? Now I gotta come up with another one. And then he's hitting you with all this philosophical greatness. Yeah, He's like, okay, OG, let me, let me make the beat though. Cause I can't talk to you and whip this shit up.
1: (laughs) What did it mean to be one of the few people who has been on a UGK track of your age? That's crazy. It's crazy. I'm
2: on it. It's hard to believe. I, 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 the, the thing is, is, especially for me, cause I, it's, it's telling people how much they inspire me. Um, and like really, if you didn't know who they were when I first came out or whatever, it's like, man, please go listen to the music. Cause then you'll understand where I'm coming from. And again, UGK is from Port Arthur, small city like mine. And um, just seeing them be aggressive, unapologetically country, and then Pimp got the swag, he producing, he singing, but Bun really with lyrical, like the lyrical matter. And I go back to the Murder Verse. I think he was the first mm-hmm. time that we were all like, oh yeah, we we rap rap, and like you can't take that from us. And then they kind of changed the narrative. So I can always go back to the Murder Verse and be like, yeah, and he did that in one take though. <laughs> like that was like one long take. It was no punching and shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, man, we got it. So, yeah, that's my proof. And put when they black. like, well, you know, Southern rapping, I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit, me.
0: The Dreamville sessions. Yeah. Uh, when did you get your golden ticket, and what did you think when you pulled up?
2: Oh, shout out to you, Willie Walker. Yeah. <laughs> t- yeah. Nah, shit. Oh, well, we, we, Andrew <laughs> Camp, we know, we know the homies and shit. Yeah, yeah. So i just pulled up uh i think it was like the second day that they were there
1: Mm -hmm. oh Um, so you didn't get a real invite no i did (laughs) damn oh yeah i'm yeah yeah wow you snuck in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nah nah i pulled up
2: it's a different kind of invite yeah (laughs) different kind of invite um but nah man just really going to chop it up with the homie because it's been a while since i actually seen them and everybody on tour moving around and um even like just the like the environment was um I like to see that many producers, that many rooms, shout out to Tree Sound, mm-hmm. uh, Groove, Molly, but that many rooms, the, the the production, the amount of rappers, the camaraderie, the amount of soul singers and musicians, uh, it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? It was, and then literally like everybody wants to work and then you got the young artists that they, they trying to murder everything <laughs> that they can get their hands on. Yeah. And, and, and I, the understanding is, I understand why. And then you got some of the OGs that fell through, and it was just this cool vibe man and it, i i think it was it was dope man yeah it was
0: dope we ran into cole a couple weeks ago yeah. and i was like yo how'd chris Bosch's beat sound and he was like really really good i'm telling you really good yo chris Bosch is actually a dope producer that's bro. awesome
2: yeah like yeah, i was in miami we was at danger uh studio and he played me he got an artist i can't remember his name but he played me some of the production and i was like yo this shit jamming bro <laughs> like you know what i'm saying i mean it's, it's this concept like you, you know, you don't know. Like, maybe you're just doing this for, like, uh, for hobby reasons. Right, so, right. Like, nah, bro, you're taking this shit dumb serious.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Too yeah. serious. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I mean, serious enough to get a placement one day, and you'll yeah. be like, what the fuck? You know who else? Basketball? JaVale McGee.
0: Really? Shit, really? So just the really
2: tallest guys, like sound, it <laughs> seemed like that, yeah, it, yeah. But I don't know, maybe they hit the NPC different, right? Velocity like, <laughs> is different, motherfucker. But no, bro, like his shit is super
0: jamming. Yeah. yeah so yeah. when it came to this album here, yeah, and again, you know, you produce one track and one track, let everyone else do it. Who gave you something where it was like so challenging that you were just like y- your mind couldn't figure it out at first? Danger,
2: danger, the Mississippi record. Yeah. Um, I've actually freestyled that entire verse because it was between the the jazziness of it the baseline Like I sit there and tried to write and uh, I just couldn't I was like, man Um, I told my my engineer Michael man, just you know cue it up Let me just try to come up with like a cadence of flow and then just coming up with the words I mean, obviously we add the the ad libs in the end the acronym for Mississippi I was able to come up with after I did the entire freestyle Um, but yeah, man, it was just like that was but it was just so bouncing. I needed. I knew I needed to be intricate, but there was no way I was gonna like write that intricacy, or that that free flowing feel. And so I got in there and I freestyled it.
1: Mm-hmm. So your first time up to New York that I knew mm-hmm. was when you were at SOBs, I mm-hmm. think, right?
2: That's when I got booed.
1: No, you got booed oh, at, at oh, Highline. Oh, Highline, oh, that's right. But when you were at Highline, so like you were playing country shit, yes, which is incredible thank you still to this day yeah yeah I it. yeah i mixed
2: and produced that motherfucker it's, it's a great one it's knocking and you so to-
1: you get <laughs> booed on that song yeah. and then so i want to talk about like what it felt like in that moment but also what it felt like to come back and then fucking own mm. highline and also to have Jay electronica and um joel ortiz yeah. both come to your defense in such yeah. like strong-minded ways
2: well oh um, it's crazy i mean i wasn't supposed to be on that show anyway that was like a, oh man, like spur of the moment, you know what I'm saying, boom bro, come through, jump on, on stage and shit. Mm-hmm. So it was a number of people that got booed before I got, like before I got booed. The doors are opened up at 7.
0: I got on stage at like 10.30, talking my mm-hmm.
2: country shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. like, people definitely came
0: there for J Electronica and Joel lrt But by the way, mm-hmm. again, first person through the door like now yeah. now you do that yeah, yeah i mean yeah. so what Different happened story. to me i had two songs the footage you see me do country shit
2: get booed after that i do hometown hero boo stop claps happen hmm. you don't see that footage though i talk about that all the time um but it, for me it was like i'm still representing you know as a as a as a performer it's like i don't care like i'm like you gotta hear the rest of the song yeah and then there's there's options where you can be get become real frustrated walk off like nah that wasn't my narrative like man i'm in new york and i'm performing country shit Fuck. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? I. I honestly. I loved your energy up there. You were I'm just turn, like, I'm yeah, in,
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't. You were care. like, you can boo me all you want. I'm jumping. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. Like you gonna yeah. hit this something. Yeah.
2: yeah. Straight up. Straight up. That's crazy. Yeah. That was an interesting night.
1: And then when you came back, what did that feel like? Ah oh, man, it's love. Or was it just regular?
2: No. 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 It was different. It was yeah. love. I mean, because I mean you. One, you realize the booze weren't because you was saying what you were saying, because people were ready to see what they wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secondly, it was like that by that time they had I, they had time to digest the music, understand my conceptually where I was coming from, and understand that this wasn't just one part. Like I had multiple songs that they were gonna be into, and then now we live. Like now we going up, and I had that same
0: energy. We jumping around. We and then yeah, it's love. So, Son of Meridian in 2019 what do you think about how long this southern run has been man it's it's been beautiful it's been beautiful man
2: i i mean literally because i man i'm I'm where i'm at now i there's so many times where i could have stopped this shit might not have worked out i would have been at home like i was in a lot of interesting situations making beats where shit was happening behind me i'm just keep making this beat you know what i'm saying like lord knows man i I, I'm blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really blessed to be able to make music, to be a part of music, and to have somehow chipped out a space for myself as an artist to where people are going to remember me in, in, in some concept kind of as far as In, in time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's what it's not about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what do you think your legacy is at this point? Because your career is not over, but but if you look at the last decade, mm-hmm. how do you put it into context for yourself? I think I've changed the narrative of what an underdog is.
2: Or what? So the idea of like being like, yes, I'm an underdog, or yes, I come from a, a place that people aren't understanding of or maybe they don't know about, but that don't mean you can't get to the top tier aspect. And then when you come from places where you might not have all the resources, you might not have all the opportunities, that makes you more of a hybrid. So you become great at more than one thing, right? And so for me, it's like, I don't have to just make beats. I don't have to just rap. I don't have to just mix. I could play all these positions. I could choose one different times. I can stand. I can stand aside let another artist rap and not make the beat. So vice versa, or I can just learn something else in the music industry because I know how to sit back and study. Mm. And I think that's what my career showed me. Like man, I know how to study. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's different. So I know we have like two minutes left. And I'm great. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know that you said that we we can't talk about this. We could try. I know <laughs> what you're talking about. Your YouTube habits yes. are amazing, thank you, <laughs> yeah sure. yeah. what are you currently watching on youtube?
2: well yeah I, I just recently well, it's probably like two three months ago. I was watching how I like to make samurai swords and the whole like the um the like the the work ethic and the whole not even the strategy, but the history of it, and like I don't know. it's like this thing where I was like I was so at peace watching them like take years to like learn. And so last night, I'm just going through and I'm watching like something about sushi. <laughs> and I've had, I had never been so calm in my life watching people make food. And I feel like I had learned so much <laughs> about life. And I don't want to miss his name. Well, if you know the name. Yeah, I'm Hero. Like, Yeah. Hero. yeah. Look, I'm watching this like, man, I learned so much guidance like about working. And the man's like, well, he was like, well, I've been mean, the documentary camera. He's like 75. or like, He was an 80 or some shit. And he's still like there constructing these pieces for people and you like reserve once some like every other month you can reserve and it's just and it's a small spot but they take so much pride it takes 10 years to like actually move on to just making the egg like sushi like you're not even prepping you're not even in the front you're in the back 10 years and i'm like man the
0: dedication to be great i guess this is amazing so do you watch that and then think of yourself in that right there, hell yeah! Like, does that make you...
2: you? Can't touch my snare. Ten years later, I got a snare for you. <laughs> but That's but in, in, but in terms head.
0: of like, <laughs> yo, I can take two years mm-hmm. to really refine my craft, yeah. even though my fans out there are just like knocking for like mm-hmm. more shit right away. Yeah. Do you feel a pressure now to follow up this brand new project with something? Before the year's over, I mean, music has changed, things have changed, the way people
2: uh, absorb uh, music has changed. But me as an artist, and I was just having a conversation with uh, one of my one of my friends about that. Maya Bailey is one of those artists that I uh, super respect. There's no way I would walk into a Maya Bailey studio and be like, "Man, I wish you would paint more this kind of stuff." I'm just waiting on Maya Bailey to drop paintings because every time he drops, I'm like, "Damn, this is what I needed." I think music has become this thing where it's so easy to pick apart because, you know, we got all these programs. Your phone can do this, but boom, boom, boom. But brushstroke of a painter, what art is, and the um the way you attack an actual a uh, canvas. I think music should be respected in that same way, but it's so easy to just use the shock value to put yourself out there, aside from being like a painter that does something you've never seen before. Mm. So for me, it's like, man, I'm gonna paint how I want to paint, and I know some people may not understand in the moment, but if my life is speaking to me from that perspective, if I'm growing in that narrative, then I have to paint that way. And I just hope that you understand. And if you don't understand it now, maybe you understand it later. Mm.
0: Well, I don't know if you know this. I don't know if you see this on Twitter, but by far, and we've had just for this podcast alone, 260 something, you know, guests up here. You are by far the most requested ah. guest that we have ever been asked hey. to have up here. Yeah. So congratulations on the new project, Thank you, bro! Congratulations on your whole career. Appreciate and it. And we appreciate you coming up here because Crit is here. Y'all are hungry, you know? Yeah, yeah no, most definitely. We're like aging in reverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody has their hairline. Chills, I so <laughs> <I see y'all. laughs> Thanks so much, Crit. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we appreciate you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of A Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about us, I'm Eric with the curly hair. You're Jeff with the glasses. Together, we are It's The Real. No possibility, no spaces. If people want to find out more about this podcast, it's called The Waste of Time with It's The Real. If people want to find out more about what's going on with us, our t-shirts, our newsletter, our everything, Jeff, where can they go, 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 go? go you can always go to it's the I-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-A-L.com.
1: all of our old episodes and all of our new ones are available on all streaming platforms including but not limited to spotify Castbox, apple spotify, spotify soundcloud what did i miss i don't know a bunch of them We're We're everywhere wherever you're YouTube. listening to this, it's there go listen to our podcast there here wherever you are now Also, we are on all social media, including Twitter at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The
0: Real. Jeff, now is the time of the podcast where we love to shout out those people who are so good to us in spreading the word, anybody who is on Team It's The Real. Jeff, who do you want to shout? I want to shout out two people who have been instrumental in asking for this
1: to happen. That is... They they are the battery in this machine. Yes, they are the ones who keep this thing going. <laughs> I want to shout out Be Sensible on Instagram. I also want to shout out Jordan Dreddy on Instagram, who have asked for Big Crit to be on the podcast. Be Sensible more than anybody. Be Sensible was asking on Crit's comments every single day. On Dutches, on like Wally Sparks, yeah, like,
0: everywhere, yeah. anytime, any. I guess it worked. something worked. <laughs> they put it out into the universe. Jeff, I want to shout out Jordan Johnson of the USS Kearsarge, who is back on the mainland. Shout out to Jordan and shout out to his mother, Misty. Both excellent fans of ours and had a long drive ahead of them with nothing but a waste of time with the surreal. Locked and loaded in the iPod and ready to go. Shout out and welcome home jordan johnson of the uss pure sarge i do want to say welcome home but a lot has changed aj (laughs) calaway is no
1: longer invited
0: on our podcast as always guys not for real for real we'll see you guys next week